Packers Life Sports Show. Benjamin Denton, John Hinton, coming at you live from the WKNC studios. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Benjamin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What is on the docket for this show today? Well, for starters, uh, we're going to talk some fantasy football, some NFL, some Carolina Panthers. Uh, we're definitely going to talk some NC State football oh, yeah. as season starts on Saturday. Going to talk some cross-country, baseball, women's volleyball, wrestling, men's soccer and women's soccer, and some NC State swimming. Yeah, we had so, some of that got going a lot on planned. last week, had a couple of home matches for the soccer team, but NC State swimming. We had the World University Games in Taiwan, and we talked about that extensively last week. Swimmers Ryan Held, uh, uh, Justin Ress, a couple other people, we had six swimmers in those games. And they were killing it. So what, what's a recap of what happened there? Well, we essentially covered a lot of the medals last week. Hannah Moore got bronze in the 1500. Ryan Held and Justin Ress both won gold in a relay, the 4x100 men's mm-hmm. freestyle relay. Justin Ress, actually, he won the University Games Most Decorated Male Athlete on Monday morning. This really solidifies his place as one of the rising stars among swimming you can really expect to see him in Tokyo in 2020. In addition to Ryan Held as well, I'm assuming, right? Absolutely, yes. Both of these swimmers are on good track to make an impact um, at at the next games. That's pretty amazing that we might have that 4x100 or 4x200 relay in the Olympics, and there will be two NC State swimmers in there, most likely. That is really fantastic. Earlier this week, we talked about this last week, women's soccer had had a game on campus. Dale Soccer Field. They hosted Coastal Carolina. And, you know, I, I'm i all for North Carolina and South Carolina. Carolina loves. So, you know, I like Coastal Carolina. But you go up against those Lady Pack. They uh, took a, a loss, shall we say, there? Uh, yeah, our women's soccer team shut out Coastal Carolina 3 to nothing, um, a score that reflects their record, 3-0. and uh, They're doing big things. They're up to number 18 in the national uh, poll. And we can expect great things. Haven't lost yet, so keep the win streak coming. They have a game this week, too. I think it's Friday at uh, 8 p.m. on Dale Soccer Field as well. That is free to students. Bring your student ID. Against Princeton. Princeton of the Ivy League. I don't know exactly <laughs> how good Princeton is, but I'm expecting that W from the pack. I'm, gonna, I'm really going to try to go out to this game. I wasn't able to make it to the games last week, but you should go out there. Support our athletes. They work really, really hard. No excuses. You got students. We got a long weekend, Labor Day coming up on Monday. Oh, my goodness. Go support I, the pack on Friday. I had not thought about that until one of the part, my professors mentioned that. It was like no class Monday. I was like, what? It's a nice feeling. That is really cool. Also, summer being over, Labor Day. Wow. Yeah, you can't wear white shoes anymore. That's just, or white pants. Really? That's a thing? That's a thing in the South, yeah. Okay, what if my white shoes have red on them? Is that okay? Like they're NC State shoes. Yeah, are they Nikes? Uh, they're Jordans. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, they're, they were a gift, a graduation okay. gift. Okay. I, I can't just buy Jordans for okay. myself. I don't have that <laughs> kind of cash. Men's soccer also played uh, twice last week. They had a home game, and they hosted Florida Atlantic, and uh, they also went on the road to William & Mary. Now, that was quite literally some good and some bad last week, or some good and not as good, because our men's team played very well. They defeated uh, Florida Atlantic, what, 3-2? to two? That yeah, was- all the all the goals in that game were in the first half. So it was pretty high scoring. Um, Wolfpack got the lead at halftime and went on the defensive in the second half and held that score. That's a good win to start the season. Yeah, I heard there was a lot of people there. It was electric atmosphere. Like all those goals were like five, four minutes apart in a soccer game. That's 
that would be pretty ecstatic. I wish I had been there to experience that because sometimes you'll go whole games and there might be one one goal. Well, that's one reason why I like college soccer a lot better than um, club soccer really? like in Europe. Yeah, absolutely, because um, sometimes the players are more aggressive, the coaches are more aggressive, especially if it's a real mismatch like we saw with our women's team 3-0. So you might see a lot more goals. It seems to be a lot more exciting, especially. You can get closer to the field. You can almost say that about uh, college football or basketball, too, about the players just being more passionate and aggressive. That's a lot, that's why a lot of people, especially in this area, like college basketball better. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's cool to see the same arguments can be made for soccer. We do have a pro soccer team here in North Carolina. Uh, they've just changed their name to, I uh, think, North Carolina FC. They were the Railhawks. There's a campaign, uh, 919 to the MLS. And I don't know if you saw this earlier, but there was like, Plans for an MLS stadium in downtown Raleigh. I saw potentially. that. Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting. It's bringing the the sport of soccer or uh, football um, oh, to goodness. Raleigh to North Carolina. So um, it's new. It's not. Um, we've never had an MLS team here before. I mean, we've had the Railhawks, but not a major league team. Yeah, so. I don't follow soccer a lot, but if there was a pro team here, like top tier MLS, mm-hmm. I would definitely go to those games and. Honestly, if it's not during the school year, I might go to some North Carolina FC games, but it'd be really cool if we could have a pro team here. I think I think there's a lot of soccer talent in North Carolina. Oh, it's for just sure. The culture of soccer has not really reached America as a whole. It's more of a um I mean, the sport is immensely popular in South America and Europe. So, I think when we see that the the culture of soccer is starting to cultivate more in America, we'll we'll start seeing our national team get better because we'll have Better college teams, more players to choose from. So it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, every year at the Olympics, and Tim Howard, the Secretary of Defense there. World Cup, not the Olympics. Oh, my bad. That was that was a great game. Anyway, moving on, NC State Wrestling. What's up with that? Our wrestling team is not active right now, <laughs> but Nick Gwiazdowski, uh, one of our rest- wrestlers, won, bron- won the bronze medal at the World Championship in Paris, uh, representing Poland. So he's the first Wolfpack wrestler to earn a medal on the world stage, which is very impressive. Two-time national champion here at NC State. That, mm-hmm. that's, that is really impressive. Yeah, but winning a medal, that's very, very, yeah, very impressive. So the women's volleyball was also in action earlier this week as well. Not as good a result. That tournament we talked about Friday and Saturday at Reynolds, what exactly went down there? Well, I feel like, for starters, I want to go ahead and say our women's volleyball team is a lot better than their record, which is 0-3 right now. But to be fair, they had to play a tough Kansas team twice. And what was the Missouri other? State. Missouri an, State, yeah. An NCAA tournament team last but year. Both of those teams were NCAA, NCAA tournament teams. So to start the season like that, it's not as really telling of the skill of a team. It's just some good experience. So... They were they were close. They played three one to Kansas the first time, and then they lost in five sets to Missouri State both times. So they were right there in it. So. Yeah, obviously those five set games can go either way. So we could be two and one right now, but you know zero and three. Moving on, number three, Florida is our next big test on the schedule. Yeah, that's going to be played in Florida <laughs> against Auburn and Florida. So get some good interconference action with the SEC before ACC play starts. Florida is ranked number three in the country, but, I mean, I don't see why we can't win. We have a talented team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So cross-country is starting up in a little while. Preseason rankings are out. Last year, our women's team finished fourth nationally. I didn't know that until I read that earlier today. The men's finished 22nd. So preseason poll, 
they're voted number six nationally. That's pretty impressive for NC State cross country. We're going to take a quick break. Maybe give me some water here. Packers Life Sports Show. We'll be right back. Packers Life Sports Show. Benjamin Ditton, John Hinton coming at you live. John, you have some trivia questions for us here. Every week we're going to have a trivia question. What's this week's trivia? This week's trivia question is about the origin of NC State Athletics. As some of you may know, our original colors were not our prestigious white and red, as we sing about in our beloved white and red song. So our trivia question is, what were the original colors of NC State Athletics? And you can tweet us the answer at NCSU on Twitter. Again, that's NCSU on Twitter. The question, once again... What were the original colors of NC State Athletics? We'll answer that question later in the show. I know we've talked about real fans don't Google. I guess I'm not a real fan because I would not know that without Googling. That is actually a really interesting question. I'm very curious to hear the answer of at the end of the show. They say that you can't graduate unless you pass a, a test, and one that's one of the questions. Is that what they test. say? Yes. Are you, wait, wait. It's just, it's just like walking on the seal. You don't do it. You got to pass the test. You don't walk on the seal. Graduate in four years. Wow, okay. No one ever told me that. Wow, I'm learning new stuff every day. NC State football, the season is starting this Saturday. Now, we talk primarily about the non-revenue sports on this show. That doesn't mean we don't talk about the sports that are bigger on campus, like the men's football and basketball. Basketball season is a while away, but we got football on Saturday. South Carolina, 3 p.m. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's uh, not very often that we get to play South Carolina. Usually they play um, Usually they're pl- they play our rivals, North Carolina, if they want to start the season against an ACC team. It's a, it's a good matchup. I mean, South Carolina, they haven't had as much success as they've had it in recent years. They're not really predicted to be at the top of the SEC, but it's in Bank of America Stadium, uh, Panther Stadium. It's, it's going to be a great venue, uh, a lot of students out there. Right on, right on the border of North and South Carolina, so should be a good game. Great way to start the season. Is that at like on ESPN? I think. I yes, think. it's on ESPN. Yeah. So the three AC's, o'clock on Saturday. So the football schedule, NC State's schedule. What are we looking for here for this the pre the preview of the football season? Okay, well we start out the season like we said uh, against South Carolina, and that's <laughs> it may feel like a home game, but it's technically not a home game. Um, and then we have two non-conference matchups against Marshall and Furman. And um, honestly, those should be two wins. They should be. If we're expecting to be at the top of the ACC, we need to beat Marshall, and we need to beat Furman, and we need to do it by more than a last-second field goal. (laughs) Referencing last year, those were the days. Our first ACC game, though, is at Florida State. Ooh. Florida State ranked number three in the preseason poll. By the way, they're playing Alabama to open the season. That is going to be a great game. I don't think that's really fair to Florida State. If, you, if you're going to rank them number three in the preseason poll and you, you put them against Alabama start of the year, oh, well, I mean, we'll see what they can do. If they lose, they might be playing uh, the rest of the season with a nothing-to-lose attitude, so might be even tougher if they lose you're, at, against Alabama. You're acting Alabama. like they're going to lose. You know the ACC is the best conference in football. Yes, but that does not mean that Alabama loses every year. <laughs> I really I really enjoy it when Alabama loses. It's just that spiteful NC State fan in me. I'm just jealous. So after Florida State, we're going on the road, a two-game road trip, uh, Syracuse no, and that's Louisville. A home, those are home games. Oh, versus. Yep. Mm. Our, our, first, our first ACC game is on the road. That's against Florida State. That. 
could be on Saturday Night Football if both teams are undefeated or if we're undefeated and Florida State's only lost to Alabama. Our second two games, Syracuse and Louisville. Syracuse has a pretty weak program. That's going to be the the first ACC home game of the year. I'm sure um, we'll get a lot of students out there, get a lot of people out there. Probably a 12 o'clock kickoff for that one, so get some good tailgating in the morning, get some Bojangles, something like that. Our next game against Louisville. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about Lamar Jackson? Do you think he's going to repeat his Heisman this year? Honestly, I really liked him last year, and that was a doozy, what he did to us, and also his mm. freshman year. He mm. came out of nowhere and just torched us. That was like his coming out game. It was like freshman quarterback Lamar Jackson, so he won the Heisman. Yeah. I really do like his odds this year, but again, historically, the Heisman repeating isn't that common. Also, yeah, the odds aren't great, but I do like Lamar Jackson. He's built for college football is what I'll say about him. He's got that RG3 frame, a little bit thin, but I think he's a lot faster than RG3. And he's probably, when he's on the field, I think he's probably the fastest player out there. And that's pretty amazing for the quarterback position. And, you know, he improved with his accuracy as a year went on, and maybe this season he's probably going to be even more accurate. But Bradley Chubb is going to be there to help us out, among other uh, defensive linemen. We have a really good defensive line this year, so hopefully we'll be able to hold him in that pocket for that game, and NC State will be able to pull out that W. What's the rest of the schedule? And then we can each try to predict what's going to happen for the rest of the year, what our record will be. Well, after we have the two-game two, two game homestand against Syracuse and Louisville, we go to Pittsburgh. And now Pittsburgh may seem like an easy win, but they did upset Clemson last oh, yeah. year. Should have been our W, by the way. Should have been our win, but they got it done. Respect to their kicker. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's how they won, though. They won in Clemson, too. So they're capable of putting up a lot of numbers. They have a, a great passing offense. Uh, they lost James Conner, great running back. He's actually uh, playing for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he's he's staying local. But they still should have a good offense. And after that, we are going at Notre Dame. Those Very... are some fond memories last year. Notre Dame coming here. Now, they weren't good last year, but they have... Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. They had him last year. Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. He wasn't even starting for them. He wasn't? No, Malik Zaire was their starting quarterback, I believe. Is he still at Notre Dame, or did he transfer? I think Zaire transferred. I'm not sure, but Kaiser surprised a lot of people by leaving early. And I mean, it's paying off for him. He's going to be the starter week one for Cleveland. In Cleveland, though. Yeah. Still. I really liked what I saw from him from the preseason. So after Notre Dame. All right, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, um, they're coming off a 4-8 a and eight year. Uh, Coach Brian Kelly, he's trying to get the program back on track. The crazy thing about last year is that they went 4-8, and eight and they were really expecting to um, compete for a national championship. So that's, you could say Brian Kelly is possibly coaching for his job at Notre Dame. If, if they lose to NC State at home, that might, be, that might be a pink slip for Brian Kelly. Yeah, I'm... I'm just trying to imagine after going 4-8 at, at a program like Notre Dame where every year there's those national expectations, mm-hmm. I'm not liking his odds to stay there. Should be exciting, though, getting to play at Notre Dame. Very historic field. So Now, Saturday, November 4th, this is the game. This is it. This is one of two games that if you go to football games, you got to go to these games this year. The first one, like Benjamin said, November 4th, Clemson. Clemson Tigers, the reigning national champs, are coming to town. Now, they don't have Deshaun Watson. Amen. They're starting a freshman at quarterback. But then again, he was a five-star recruit. But he's, we'll, we'll harp on that he's a freshman. Although he will have some experience by the time he gets 
to us. I'm going to harp on the fact that it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Our defensive line is going to be – they're going to be putting you in the ground no matter what. So I'm, look, like I'm looking for a win against Clemson. I'm, I'm really excited to play them. That should be an exciting game. I'm going to be there. I'm probably going to lose my voice by the time the game's over. It's exciting. I'm so excited. For In my season. completely unbiased opinion, I am also looking for the W there. <laughs> but it would be just like NC State to beat Clemson at home in a Saturday, possibly primetime game, and then go up to Boston College the next week. You're not lying. And lay an egg. You're not lying. I, I just see in this, we could be undefeated, national, like top five nationally, and then we go to Boston College who will have a good defense like they do every year, may not have an offense. It's it's hit or miss with them. And just, I think last year, it, was, it wasn't it was our kicker as much. They came and beat us, right? And in Cardiff-Finley, I think it was 21-14. to 14. I think that may have been earlier in the year. That actually may have been Wake Forest, I think. That Wake Forest? I don't Forest? think we played Boston College last year. But you are right about them always having a good defense. They don't, ever since Matt Ryan played there, they haven't really had much of an offense. And, I mean, you're right, though. We could lay an egg. We really could. So we follow up that by going to Wake Forest. And I really like Wake Forest. I mean, my mom went to Wake Forest, so I've always liked Wake Forest. I like the yeah. North Carolina teams. But they have they have a quarterback. I think his last name is Hinton. I think his last name is Hinton. I'm not really? sure. He's, he's a really mobile quarterback, maybe a poor man's Lamar Jackson. I just watched him uh, freshman his freshman year. I really liked what he did, but they kept putting uh, Wolford in there. I don't know why. Hinton was much better. Hopefully he won't be very good versus us. And then that second game you were talking about that you absolutely have to go to. Yeah, the season finale against, you know, that team in Chapel Hill. You mean UNC Chapel Hill? Yeah, the team that we beat last year, the team that we kind of own in football. I mean, don't yeah. tell them that, though, because they get really upset. But, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great season finale. Uh, we get them at home this year. I'm expecting a win. I always expect a win against UNC. And no matter which sport it is, and that's my that's my bias, uh, just being a fan of NC State. But this year, I'm expecting NC State to win in football. I did not expect it last year. They lost Mitch Trubisky, who's a good quarterback, should be starting for the Bears. But I really just don't think that their offense is going to be able to compete with our defensive line. Now I just, don't. Yeah. Just really briefly, you touched on Trubisky at the Bears. What's the latest with him and Glennon? Do you know? Is I think John Fox is leaning towards Glennon. Because he's John Fox, and that's what John Fox does. He doesn't gamble with anything ever. So I really don't know how to feel about that because I do like Trubisky, but you know, NC State alum Glennon. I mean, whatever happens, he's going to go somewhere next year and still get paid a good amount of money because it was only a one-year deal. So that's the football season. Now here's the money question, John. How does that pan out, those 12 games? What do we come out looking like? I'm going to say that our worst-case scenario is 7-5. and five. Okay, that's still bowl eligible, but would be a disappointment. It would it would be a disappointing season. It would be. Did we go seven and six last year or eight and five? I think we went seven and six because we were five and six that's going right. to UNC. We went, we went six and six and won our bowl game against Vanderbilt. That's right. So seven and five would be a better regular season than last year, but I still don't think it'd be enough for Dave Doran to keep his job. Now I think our best case scenario is eleven and one, and in the college football and playoff. That's, that's my dream. I don't know about the playoff, but. I think we drop the game to Florida State, and I think we drop one of the two, Clemson or Louisville. So my realistic opinion is 10-2, and 
going one and two versus those three programs. Going one and two against the the top three programs in the ACC. See, ten and two gets us into a good bowl. That'd be a very successful season. There are some analysts out there that have NC State as a dark horse. I think there's an ESPN analyst, Cole Kubelich. He's an SEC analyst. So SEC. He's an SEC nice. analyst. Yeah. So they're defecting. The bandwagon is shifting over to the ACC because that SEC bandwagon was getting a little bit full for many, many years when they had that title game locked up and they didn't have a playoff. Now all of a sudden you let other people in it and maybe the SEC isn't as amazing as they think they are. But this analyst has NC State in the playoff. Um, Yeah, Cole Kubelich tweeted out his final playoff teams. He had Alabama, Ohio State, Stanford, and NC State. Which, I mean, I really never thought at the start of the season that NC State could be in the college football playoff. But, I mean, one can dream. And he was attacked on Twitter multiple times. He still defended that he thinks NC State's going to be in the playoff. So I'm glad we got someone believing in us. Well, John, let me tell you something. You can never, ever give up. That's what I will tell you. It's a great quote. But about the college football playoff, I don't think it's as unattainable as some NC State fans might have you believe. We were very, very close last year. We were undefeated versus Clemson, and the kicker missed it. Had we beaten number two Clemson, we would have been undefeated. We would have gone seven and five. I think we would (laughs) would have went places if we didn't— Blow that game because then we lost, we got spanked by Louisville and then we lost to ECU later, and so that's how we got all those losses. The thing about those losses though is that the best teams are not going to make those mistakes. The best thing, the best teams are not going to have kickers that miss field goals. And we have a new kicker, and we also yes. have all those players coming back. That whole defense, almost all the starters. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's plausible that we can make the college football playoff, but just looking at the strength of the ACC. I'm not going to get my hopes up at all. I really am not. You're if just it not, happens, I will be ecstatic. But just, if we only lose three games, that will be a, a very successful season. I guess I'll have to agree because I don't, I don't expect a college football playoff, but if it did happen, Raleigh would be insane. Like That would be awesome. And But yeah, if we go 9-3, and three, I think that's enough for Doran to keep his job, which brings up an interesting point. Is Doran coaching for his job, in your opinion? I think, in my opinion, the golden like rule for coaches is to give them five years, provided that you don't have an absolutely terrible year. Like if you're coaching Texas, like Charlie Strong, and you go um, four and eight one year, yeah, that's a that's a terrible year. You need to you need to get fired for that. But Doran has, I mean, our program has been pretty mediocre as of late. But I don't think he's coaching for his job this year. Now, if we don't make a bowl game. If we go five and seven or below, I don't know about Dave Doran's job security. But if we win six regular season games, I think you got to give him at least one more year. Mm, that is interesting. I will say that I think he is coaching for his job. I think that if Doran doesn't get eight wins, I think he's gone because we have been mediocre. And Tom mm-hmm. O'Brien was mediocre, and we fired Tom O'Brien. So Doran After five years. That's true, yeah. but Doran, I still think this year, because last year was that build-up year. This is the year with Dave Doran. I think he has to do it, or he might be out of a job. All right, looking over at the docket. Notable absence for the opener is uh, starting quarterback Mike Stevens. He's out indefinitely, according to Coach Dave Doran, and he is going to miss the opener and possibly more. He played more snaps on defense than anyone else on the uh, NC State defense, despite missing two games last year. 
I think that's a pretty big loss, but I think versus South Carolina, I don't think their offense is that much of a threat. I think that we'll be all right without him. We have the trivia questions coming up at the end of the show. But right now, we're going to get you updated on some NC State players in the NFL. What have the pups done now that they've grown up and left the den? Just to be cheesy here. So there's some some news with some NC State players, John. Yeah, Audi Cole, uh, we mentioned him last week. He signed with the Saints. Going to give them some much-needed linebacker help because, I mean, they're going to have to cover Greg Olson. So I mean, good luck with that. Yeah, best of luck to Audi Cole, though. Great player. Earl Wolf, one of our former safeties, signed by the Colts. And now the Colts are really struggling for secondary players. I don't even think they made a tackle this preseason. So Earl Wolf is really going to help them. I think they still have T.Y. McGill. We talked about him last week. As Mm -hmm. far I didn't see him getting cut. So there could be two Wolfpack safeties in the secondary there for the Indianapolis Colts. What are the odds? They are going to be much better, of course. That is how this works. Speaking of Wolfpack defensive backs in the NFL, go ahead. Oh, yeah. uh, David Amerson. Uh, He's the cornerback for the Raiders. You might remember he um, tied Dre Bly's record for ACC interceptions in a season. So That was a great year. Yeah. All-American, he was a top 10. Well, he was going to be a top 10 pick, but he couldn't come out of school because I think he was a sophomore. And so he came back for his right. junior year, and his stock dropped like a lot, and he ended up being taken in like the second round by the Washington Redskins. And now he's on Oakland, and honestly, if I was David Amerson, I like Oakland, or Las Vegas, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. No, that they're is, Oakland still, dude. They're still Oakland? In yeah, the- they won't be Las Vegas for at least another two years. Two years? Yeah. Oh, the headline said Las Vegas. Oakland oh. Raiders. Oakland They're killing Raiders. me. They're Still, killing it's not me, official yet. But, yeah, David Anderson uh, suffered a concussion. Um, game one is in doubt for him, but, I mean, he could be on a Super Bowl contender. The Raiders, they're doing pretty good. They got Marshawn Lynch to come out of retirement. Derek Carr, one of the biggest rising stars. Uh, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, two great receivers. So, I mean, he and, may miss game one, but he could also uh, play in the AFC Championship. And they also have Khalil Mack which is a really big deal. I remember when he was coming out with Jadavion Clowney and people were talking about how this guy out of Buffalo could be better than Clowney. Clowney's been injured and he's been massively improving for the Texans, but Mac is, I think, a favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he won it last year. I'm I, not 100% certain of that. I wouldn't be surprised if he um, won it again this year, but I remember it was the, the game that the Panthers played in Oakland uh, Khalil Mack picked off a little screen pass and took oh it into the end goodness. zone. He's one of the most um, instinctual and talented players. Like He has the best combination of football IQ as well as just raw talent I'll that just I've say, ever seen. Be- completely unbiased, he is better than Vaughn Miller. Also a better person because Vaughn Miller is just <laughs> awful. He is, he's a terrible man. Oh, man. Okay, Carolina Panthers. Madden 18 came out. And this is more of a deal in uh, NBA with 2K because a lot of NBA players will actually play NBA 2K, but players will get either excited or not as excited is what I'll say about their player rating. So some notable Panthers. Everybody thinks their player rating should be higher. I mean, come on, if you play pro sports and you see yourself in a video game, you're going to think that you're better than you are in the game. So some notable Panthers. Luke Keekley had an overall of 98. Not a surprise. That's a surprise to me because the man should be a 99. He should be Defensive Player of the Year every single year. He is everything on defense. Anyway. I think Luke Keekley is well on his way to becoming 
the best middle linebacker in history. I, I really do believe that. He set records at Boston College. He set records in his first five years with Carolina. If he stays healthy, which is kind of up in the air right now, but if he stays healthy, has a good 12, 13-year career, he's easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I will agree with that as well. He is fantastic and also underrated because he plays in Carolina and not New York or Pittsburgh or Dallas. Other Panthers that got those ratings, obtained those ratings, Greg Olson received a rating overall rating of a 92. K.K. Short was an 88, a great defensive tackle for us. Cam Newton comes in at 88. I think last year or the year before, the Super Bowl season, the ratings that were based on that, he was, I think, a 95 or something. So there was a huge drop in his rating. And again, this doesn't matter. It's just a video game. And these can be updated during the year. But it's I love hearing the players' takes on it and also discussing it too because I like to play Madden. It's a really fun game to play. I think that's one of the best things about Cam is I don't think he really is going to care about his Madden rating. Cam just likes to live his life and play his game, so I'm not looking at this to affect him in any way. Also really nice that Thomas Davis got a rating of 87. He might be the most underrated defender in, in the NFL today. He is a great defender. Some like This could be his last season. This It really could be his last season. That would so. be really sad. He is the consummate Panther. Just yeah. resilience, three ACL tears in the same knee. He's the only player in NFL history to come back from that. Mm-hmm. And he came back and was better. This made he won Walter Payton Man of the Year, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's just just an all around great guy. He's a great guy. Notable other um, Panthers, uh, Rook, uh, Christian McCaffrey got the second highest rating of any rookie behind Miles Garrett. McCaffrey got an eighty one, wow. so that's pretty pretty nice for I, a rookie. I think people, I mean, they're expecting McCaffrey to do great things. I think a lot of experts are saying that the system put in place in Carolina is going to benefit McCaffrey a lot more than it would another back because, I mean, you got Jonathan Stewart. He's the big power back. He's the uh, the goal line back. And then Cam Newton runs a lot of his – we run a lot of our offense from the shotgun. Third down, Christian McCaffrey in the shotgun, whether it's third and short or third and long. You got uh, two options to run. McCaffrey, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. So And that's something we haven't had in years past of the Panthers. Cam Newton's not had that in his offense. Since D'Angelo Williams, we haven't since D'Angelo Williams' prime years, we haven't really had a running back who can really catch passes out of the backfield and be a threat. Yeah, and that wasn't even the Cam Newton era. Uh Williams was past his prime right. in that area in that whole era of double trouble. I think the only team in NFL history to have two one thousand yard backs. But I think this year, this is gonna be a great year for the Panthers. Not not the only team, but one of the few. One of the few, mm-hmm. yes. So tomorrow night this is the fourth preseason game, so not as important as the third. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They do this every year for the fourth preseason game. It's going to be 7-30 on Panthers TV. Ron Rivera hasn't said Cam Newton will not play. What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't think he's going to play. We saw him play um, one series. We saw him play one series against Jacksonville. He went two for two, um, and he threw a touchdown pass. I don't think there's much more you really need to ask from someone going into his Seventh year? Yeah, seventh year. So, I mean, when you have a seven-year veteran who's uh, coming off a shoulder surgery, they went in for one possession and didn't didn't, – they completed every pass and threw a touchdown. I'm taking him out of the fourth preseason game. Yeah, because either way, he's going to have limited reps, whether he plays in this game or not. So I'm going to be with you, but it was just interesting that Rivera hadn't said he won't play 
I think that's just Ron Rivera's coaching style. He tries to hide as much as he can from Riverboat the media Ron and the press. keeping the deck of cards. Riverboat Ron the... keeps everything to himself. Yeah. Yeah. So the fourth preseason game, there's a change this year in the NFL. Uh, traditionally, I think it's the Wednesday of the week. Rosters have to be cut from 90 to 75. And then Saturday at 4, they're cut from 75 to 53. So now this year is the first year they're having this. And there's no more 75. They're going right from 90 all the way through this last preseason game. And then at 4 o'clock on Saturdays, they have to cut 37 players. So how, do you think that affects this game at all with the, those extra 25 players possibly getting a chance to vie for a roster spot? Well, it definitely makes it more exciting because when you got players who um, they're playing for that roster spot, they're playing to um, so that they'll be playing on week one, um, it makes it more exciting. It makes it uh, more worth your while if you want to watch it. One particular um, player that I'm looking for to make the roster is Demir Bird. Because for sure. Demir Bird, uh, he had... Did he have two touchdowns? Yes. He had two touchdowns in the first preseason game. And I'm really looking for him to take the spot of Brenton Burson, the fifth oh, receiver no. on the— you can't take my guy Brenton Burson. So would you put how well you like a player over how good they are? Oh, but it's Brenton Burson, man. He's like—he's no. like, he's no. like he's Charlotte. Demir Bird is the next Ted Ginn, but he doesn't drop passes. I think we'll keep both of them. I think, I think Burson is safe because yeah, he Burson doesn't— Burson will be on the practice squad because nobody else is going to want him. He has he has really nice hands. He doesn't drop passes. Yeah, because he never gets targeted. He gets tar- He had. He can't get open. He does get open. He's get he gets open in the slot. He's that possession guy. Pull up his career numbers. Well, he came out of Wofford. What he ah he's he came out of Wofford. That's why he got signed by the Panthers. Well, yeah, because Jerry Richardson yes. went to Wofford. Yes, but he did have a game last year where he led us in receiving yards. He had one game where he had seventy one yards receiving. Cam Newton does go to him. I put memories of last season in the past, so you just filed those away. They yeah, don't Demir, exist. Demir Bird's outplayed him. I don't see why he shouldn't be on the roster and why Brent should. Oh, be. I, I think I think Demir Bird's pretty safe. The receiver I think is on the edge, and I did, I was doing some reading. Is Russell Shepard a special teams guy? But he hasn't really been doing anything on as far as receptions go. So if he doesn't have like maybe three or four receptions tonight, or, I mean tomorrow night. Excuse me, he probably won't be on the team. Well, I think you got, obviously, Kelvin Benjamin's your number one. Devin Funches, number two. Um, Curtis Samuel, the rookie from Ohio State, is uh, our number three guy. I'm looking at uh, Demir Bird and potentially Brenton Burson, maybe Kiaris Garrett to take that those last two spots. I don't think um, Russell's going to make the, the yeah, roster. Yeah, that, that would be un- Yeah, that that's all right. But we, we we just received news that uh, Joe Hayden has been signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, the division rival of the Cleveland Browns. So he was cut. the The Browns were shopping him to trade, and he's an All Pro cornerback. He's paid a lot of money, and that's probably why they couldn't find a recipient for a trade. And so they just cut him. Did the Panthers pick him up in a position where we do need? Another cornerback? I don't think we need another cornerback. We got Bradbury, Worley, and Sanchez. All three drafted in the same year. All three uh, making steady progress. And Bradbury I mean, is really good. People this look year. at yeah. People look at Worley and look at the Atlanta game where Bradbury was out. But I mean, we cut Ben Wickery. Yeah, which I still was against because I don't think you can judge a player by, especially a defensive player, by one game. But I'm confident in our our cornerbacks. I'm not as confident in our safeties. Mike Adams. And we, we don't really have that many, uh, that much depth at the safety position. Yeah, and we let Trey Boston walk because we didn't want to sign him, and 
he eventually went to San Diego. I like Trey Boston a lot. Uh, Los Angeles, not San Diego. <sighs> you're, yeah, you're killing me, Smalls. All right. I know everything. <laughs> I can't disagree with that, obviously, because I don't know everything. Fantasy football. Speaking of you knowing everything, <laughs> I need right now. I had a draft earlier. I have more drafts to come. John, what are five guys I don't need to draft as high as they're going to be drafted by everybody else? Well, for starters, I don't think you need to draft Adrian Peterson at all. Because what? he's had injury history. He's had, um, yeah, he's, been, I mean, come on. He's like, I think he's 33 this year. He's in uh, like the 12th or 13th year of his career. So I'm really, I'm really looking for Mark Ingram to take over a majority of the carries in a majority passing offense. Another one, uh, Leonard Fournette. Now, okay, all right. Fournette is a really good back out of LSU, and the Jaguars don't have an awful offensive line, but they have no passing game. the The quarterback position is it was a toss up. Bortles will be starting, but I do not trust Bortles to take enough. To put enough pressure on the secondary where they don't cheat up and stop the yeah, run. You need a quarterback for your offense to be good and your running back. In today's NFL, your running back can't carry your offense. I mean, you look at Ezekiel Elliott. That's the reason he was so okay, the reason he was so successful is because number one, he's a great back. Number two, he has a great offensive line. But number three, Dak Prescott can throw the deep ball accurately on play action. So when you got a quarterback that can throw it accurately, you're gonna have a better run game. That's why I don't think you should take four. All right, yeah, a lot of people are taking him pretty early in the draft. Also, don't auto-draft. This is, this is just a PSA for me and hopefully John. I don't like, like, auto-drafting is just the coward's way out. Make a decision. Because think about it. If you auto-draft, if you have a bad team, you did that to yourself. If you have a good team, there's no credit for you. But some more players that should not be drafted as high, John. Uh, surprisingly, Chris Hogan, one of Tom Brady's favorite targets last year, uh, people are looking at him a lot because of the Julian Edelman injury, which is a torn ACL. He's out for the season. But Brandon Cooks and a healthy Rob Gronkowski are going to get the majority of Brady's passes, as well as Danny Amendola and whatever running back they use, because they use about 10 running backs a year, and they can always catch passes. So I think Chris Hogan, he's going to be a boomer bust, meaning he might get one 75-yard touchdown a couple times a year. But he's not going to be very consistent. And lastly, or my last two picks um, for guys that you should not take, I'm going to say Bilal Powell for the Jets. Because he's on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, it's the same reason. Number one, he shares a backfield with Matt Forte, who's one of the um, better pass-catching running backs, and honestly one of the most underrated running backs in NFL history. He's one of the most really? underappreciated right. running backs. He's been doing it for a long, long time. And also, um, there's some quarterback questions there. I think Christian Hackenberg from Penn State is going to be starting week one. But I would not take Bilal Powell. And lastly, but certainly not least, I would not take T.Y. Hilton. He's Andrew Luck's number one target, though. Andrew Luck is not going to be on the field week one, potentially longer. Andrew Luck has, um, while famously staying in college to avoid the Panthers, um, Andrew Luck has had some... Serious injury history in his career, and I just I don't think his um, consistency is going to be re- going to make Ty a reliable target this year. Very good, very good. All right, so now five players that no one is going to see coming, except of course you, and now me. Once you tell me, because this conversation is just between the two of us. <laughs> okay, for starters, um, I'm going to say Kareem Hunt. 
He's a rookie running back from a Division II school for Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, he was the number two back. Uh, Spencer Ware actually went down with a knee injury, and he will be out for the season as well. Uh, Sharkandrick West is not going to be competing for the starting job. Kareem Hunt in an Andy Reid offense. Andy Reid typically feeds his running backs the ball at least 20 carries a game. Yeah, you saw that with Spencer Ware when Jamal Charles got injured. Exactly. Spencer Ware became a very good fantasy option. Exactly. And in, a, in an offense, a West Coast offense, where they throw the ball a lot to the receivers, I mean to the running backs, I think Kareem Hunt, he's uh, a rookie. He's going to be a rookie that nobody's going to see coming in a class with McCaffrey and Fournette. Also, Stephon Diggs for the Minnesota Vikings. He had a couple of really good games last year, too, in fantasy-wise. He did. I think um, I think Teddy Bridgewater may come back this year, and Bridgewater, a more mobile quarterback, if he can get back to the form that he was at, that'll open up the field a lot more for Stephon. He'll get some deep threats, I think. Zach Ertz, the tight end for the Eagles, I just think he's going to have a big year. I really think that Carson Wentz, is. it's going to be a much more pass-first offense, and... I just think he's going to rely on Zach Ertz a lot. But I will say, I think Kelvin Benjamin is about to have a huge All about them Benjamins. I'm going to agree with you there. Unbiased opinion. Kelvin Benjamin had two, I think it was either two or three touchdowns this preseason. But coming off an ACL injury last year, I think a lot of people gave him a hard time for for a situation that wasn't really his fault. We just didn't have the chemistry of his first season, and now in his fourth season, I think he's going to take big strides and play like a six-six receiver who can also run because he's got some of the best hands. I've Does seen. he have better years than Gronk or Greg Olson? It's hard to compare because they're tight ends, but I would say I'd say they might put up better numbers, but um, Kelvin Benjamin might warrant more of a threat in the red zone because of his height. Fantastic! I appreciate this knowledge here between us two, but finally. As we are closing out on the third show of Packers Life Sports Show, we just want to give a special shout out to those that are helping out Hurricane Harvey. What did you have there? Some athletes that are helping Hurricane Harvey. After we talk about that, we're going to give you the answer to the trivia question. Yeah, for starters, J.J. Watt, uh, one of the defensive ends of the Houston Texans, he's raised over, as of today, as of this morning, over $6 million uh, to help with the relief. That's just, it's a great example of athletes using their platform for something to help a lot of people who've been displaced by this hurricane. Again, Houston's in our thoughts and prayers. Other athletes like Odell Beckham Jr., they're down in Houston on boats, literally pulling people out of houses. So it's really great to see um, the sports world interacting with you know, the normal world. This is what I will say. That is what America is all about. You can watch the news. It's a lot of negative, but that's what America is all about. Absolutely. So the trivia question, I am dying to hear this. What were our original colors, John? The original colors of NC State University athletics were pink and blue, believe it or not. Pink. Okay. So what, what shade of blue are we talking here? Cause this Duke is blue, Duke okay. blue and pink. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness. You had me scared there for a minute. Duke blue, Royal blue. And I'm going to say Royal blue, Royal blue and pink were the original colors. That was over a hundred years ago. That was we switched to white and red before we even switched to the uh, the Wolfpack mascot, which of course was named after our rabid fans. Wow, I, di- I actually didn't know that. That is fantastic. This is Pack is Life Sports Show. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm John Hinton, aka John Ye West. We have been coming at you live this entire hour as we wind down to the top of the six o'clock hour on eighty-eight point one WKNC HD one FM Raleigh. We're going to be right back here next week. Same time, same place, same station. Give us a follow on Twitter at Packers Life NCSU, and we'll see you next time.